Night Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. And it's after one. Good afternoon to you. This is Life Happens. How we're kicking off the show, though, is a conversation we vowed to continue last week. Because last week we spoke about what is happening in the workplace, how people are experiencing the workplace right now. Others are saying to us, listen, my boss is just telling me not to come back to work. That's fine, but they're also not paying me and I don't understand it. But they're also trying to find ways to get rid of me. And I don't understand it. What rights do I have as an employee? We dealt with a case last week of somebody who was accused of spreading the virus in the workplace and was actually going through a disciplinary hearing. What are your rights as an employee during COVID-19 times? We are hearing that all kinds of things are happening at the moment. And that's not to say that we don't understand that businesses are going through a really difficult time. But as an employee, what are your rights? Also, on the other side, as an employee and as an employer, how then can you minimize your workforce in the right way? Mike Bagram is going to be our facilitator this afternoon. He's a lawyer, a labor law expert, and he's going to help all of us navigate the space, the kind of problems that you're currently facing uh, in the workplace and legally, what are your rights? 0891-104-207 is the number to dial. I'm afraid I'm going to ask you to use SMS today rather than the WhatsApp. And the number is 41391. And this will be charged at 1 Rand 50. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. We did call. You answered. We are so thrilled. Hi. Hi. Thank you. And thanks for having me on once again. So, uh, people always say they invite me the second time to apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we <laughs> loved having you last week. And, and Mike, just give me a sense. I know we, we spoke specifically about one case and took some other questions last week. Could you give us a sense of what you are seeing in the office right now? What kind of issues are you getting um, in your email boxes these days? Well, obviously, we're still getting the ongoing, and my office in particular is getting about 250 emails still about the UIF, although that's getting a bit hackneyed, and I think people are just angry and upset, and the department's let them down, so we're seeing a lot of that. But what we are starting to see in a big way are the retrenchments that are taking place, the dismissals for operational requirements. And what we're also finding out is that the employers are not going through the proper process in conducting the consultations and dismissing people. Um, I went, um, just as an exercise, I went down to the Commission for Conciliation, Mediation, and Arbitration, the CCMA, we all know. I went down in Cape Town to the CCMA, and there was a queue outside a few days ago. There was a queue outside about half a kilometre long. Sure. Um, and um, I must be happy to report that people were social distancing, they were wearing their masks. Uh, it was quite an organized queue waiting for the CCMA, unlike many other queues we've been seeing around the country. But this one was quite organized, and the CCMA staff were outside um, monitoring the queue, speaking to people, finding out, looking at their clipboards, finding out why they're there. And I spoke to a few people, and people are starting to line up challenging their retrenchments. The employers not consulting with them, the employers giving them no feedback and no information. 
the employers getting rid of the people that they don't like as opposed to last in, first out. Mm. It is an unbelievable exercise. Because of COVID-19, many employers are pretending that the labor laws don't exist. And, of course, many employees don't know their rights. Uh, Many employees are scared or timid and don't want to speak up. And also I'm finding, which is terrible to say, and I have to say it, that the unions have been largely absent. They haven't been that active through this whole pandemic. What haven't is seen that, much of them. What is going on with the unions? I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that at least Kasatu head office is sending out news releases um, almost daily, which is interesting to read. I get them, and... And I enjoy reading them because you want to keep at the coalface. But the problem is the people on the ground, their shop stewards, their trade union organizers, the individual unions on the ground are just doing nothing. I think they've taken off. They think it's COVID-19. They can stay at home and isolate themselves and not help their members. Now, their members have been paying dues as membership dues for years, sometimes decades. And now is the time they actually need help. They need advice. People people are turning to ordinary attorneys and saying, you've got to help us. And, and a lot of these people are saying, but aren't you a member of a union? You're in an industry that's unionized. Mm-hmm. What's going on? And they're saying, no, they're absent. They're absolutely absent. So it's shocking, and I'm hoping some trade unionists are listening, and I'm hoping that at least they come to the fore and start exercising they, they work. I mean, it's, that's, this is the time they really need it. They're not needed so much so in times of peace and harmony. They need it in times like this when people are being retrenched. We think it's about four million South Africans have been retrenched since lockdown. And 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 what's disturbing is that you are seeing that the retrenchments are not necessarily being done in an, in in a manner that should be you know that's fair and so on. They just kind of letting go of people without following the processes. And that's the point I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is, let's say you've got 10 people who all have equal jobs to do. The employer is saying, well, because of the lockdown, it's half destroyed my business. I want to, I want to have only five people instead of 10. The employer then is choosing who they think are the best people or people they like, uh, as opposed to the law. The law looks at last in, first out. The law looks at agreed systems that they might have agreed either with the union or the staff or in the industry. You can't just say, you know what, I don't like Michael. He's always been a little bit rude, or I know he's productive and he's the longest serving, but I don't like him, so he can go. Um, and Michael, not knowing his rights, um, says, well, okay, what's my package? Let's discuss that, and then he leaves. Now, that's not right. Absolutely not right. If I've got longer service, it doesn't matter whether I'm a little bit grumpy or I've not been, because this is a no-fault exercise, retrenchment. You retrench people on the basis of operational requirements and on the basis of equality. So you can't just say, well, Michael's going bald, so we don't want him, or Michael's a bit grumpy, we don't want him, or he's black or he's white or whatever it might be. You have to retrench people on agreed systems. And we're finding that employers are just stepping in and picking and choosing their favorites. <laughs> and I'm finding it everywhere. It's, it's, it's actually shocking. In fact, two days ago, I spoke to an employer 
who said, this is the list of people who have to go. I said, well, first of all, you can't choose hmm. like that. Second of all, you haven't even consulted yet. And thirdly, you didn't do this the last time you went through a retrenchment. You had a process that you agreed to. You know that it's wrong. He said, yeah, but it's, it's COVID-19, so we can do it. I don't know where they hear that and who told them this, but people just think it's now free fall. Now's the time to clean out my staff and get rid of people. It's almost like violence. Let's take those calls, Mike, if you don't mind, 0891-104-207, or the SMSs can come through on 41391, charged at 1.50. Pimelo on SAFM. We're discussing all things labor-related and your issues with regards to either retrenchments if you are an employee and you find that the system has been really unfair for you and somehow you are finding yourself without a job and you feel that the processes were not fair. We'll take your calls and if you are an employer and you are finding that it's really difficult to keep your entire staff, what processes should you be applying for at the moment? Mike Bagram is our law, a labor law expert. Is he going to take your calls on 0891-104-207 as well as SMSs on 41391 charged at 1 Rand 50. Let me go quickly to Dalton in the Eastern Cape. Dalton, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Absolute pleasure. Go uh, ahead. Just a quick question on... Uh, voluntary retrenchment. Yes. Is that uh, a process or is that something different to forced retrenchment? Don't leave, Dalton. Uh, Mike, did you get the question? Yes, I did, and thank you. It is a good question. Let me explain. Voluntary retrenchment is when an employer comes forward and says, listen, we're going to have to consider a retrenchment exercise, a dismissal for operational requirements. They then open it up for people to come forward and say, I know that you've got to get rid of, say, 10 people. Um, I've been keen to go because I've either found another job somewhere or because I am unhappy over here or whatever the reason is. You don't have to actually give a reason. You then come forward and you say to the employer straight away that I'm prepared to take the package as you've outlined in your Section 1893 letter. And that person would then come forward and say, I'm taking the voluntary retentions. What has created a little bit of a problem with voluntary retrenchment is the application for UIF thereafter because you've got to make absolutely clear in the UI19 form that this is a retrenchment and not a resignation because you won't get paid your unemployment insurance monies if it's a resignation. So you go through a proper letter where you get a retrenchment outline you also want to access your uh, tax relief. And the government has very really carefully outlined tax relief for those who are getting a severance payment, and that's up to 500,000 rand. So if you've been, say, 30 years at your employer, and they're going to pay you 30 weeks plus another two months extra, that's quite a handsome figure, depending on how much you're earning, and you don't want that taxed. As long as it's under 500,000 rand and you've never accessed that benefit before, then you can claim it tax-free as well. And then again, they must make sure that you've actually been retrenched. It's not a resignation, it's retrenchment, and that that is your severance payment. And so you can get the tax relief from the receiver revenue, and you can get your UIF from the Department of Employment and Labor. But you don't need to go through a whole consultation process. As soon as the person comes forward and says, that's what I want, 
as long as you haven't bullied them as an employer, because I've had some employers who tell their staff they have to take the voluntary. Now, that's bullying, and that's illegal, and people then sign it, and afterwards then are feeling that they got forced into the situation. So it's always best to have two people um, with that person when they come forward and say, I want to take the voluntary, to say, are you sure? Don't just take it because you've got a problem now or because someone's pushed you into it. Another quick remark, if you don't mind, and that is that when you take the voluntary, a lot of people are, in this day and age, unfortunately, saying, at least I can get one week's pay per completed year of service, I can access my pension monies, I can access all outstanding leave, I can access some severance, and all the other things that they offer you, which sound nice at the time, and you can clear all your debt, but then where do you work next month? And then you go back into debt again. So don't take it just to clear your debt, please. And I know that a lot of people have come forward and said, I'll take the voluntary because I've got uh, um, uh, debt collectors on my back and on my neck, and they're nagging me, and they're going to sell my car or whatever it is. Think carefully just before you take voluntary. Sorry about that last remark, but da- I think it's important for people to know. D- Dalton, what's your position? Are you the employer or the employee? Uh, employer. Employer. And, and do you feel that you need to let a few people go? Uh, I'm just checking the advice that we had received. Um, we did consult with labor lawyers, mm. and uh, uh, with that letter that we sent out, we, we were approached by staff. And they did, uh, a few staff did take the voluntary retrenchment package, which uh, did assist the company in getting through the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, one, one, one final question. Yes, sure, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, regarding the, the positions for those staff members that were let go, mm. uh, are there, there, there are certain uh, procedures to follow before employing again, correct? Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, is, yeah. is he is yeah. is he compelled to not employ again, or can he employ other people after no, the retention? He can employ again. There's not a problem, especially with the voluntary. When a person takes voluntary, you're not guaranteeing that you'll come back to them. Okay. If the position becomes open because they're taking it voluntarily, mm. so there's some benefit for the employer about the voluntary mm. on that particular instance. Just just as a remark that with voluntary. You normally get employees to sign a full and final settlement agreement because there's no comeback later. And I presume your lawyers have given you a template for such an agreement so that you don't have someone afterwards saying, I've got buyer's remorse, actually, I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you don't want that. Because then you've told the others, don't worry, I don't have to go through the exercise anymore because enough people have left. Uh, and then you get someone coming back saying, you know what, I spoke to my aunt who said I'll never find another job. And so I'm coming back. I'm withdrawing my voluntary. Get them over to sign. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much for answering. Thanks, Dalton. Thank has your business... Oh, he's gone. All right. No, that's fine. Can I ask that you you start explaining, Mike, when we come back from the headlines? I want... Um, a lot of you have sent in the requests to, to try and get clarity on Section 189. And when we get back, um, Mike, I'm going to ask that you just help us through what that Section 189 exactly entails for those who've been... Um, who are going through the process or who've been told that they need to go through the process. But let me go quickly to Anonymous in Escort in KZN. Anonymous, good afternoon. Yes, how are you, my dear? I'm well, thanks. You've got a minute. I'm sorry, Anonymous. Okay, okay, okay. Quickly, 
Uh, I'm talking on behalf of my brothers, Madam Mark. Mm-hmm. As I'm talking to you now, they are sitting at home. Uh, the employer says he retrains them, but uh, those trucks that they are driving, they are driving by other person. So I just want to know, is it the retrenchment by the, the way he did it or the, is it unfair? The last one, how difficult is uh, the, 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 the representative to get a date in the labor court? Because as we are sitting now, it's difficult to get a date at labor court for us to to make a claim to the employer. I don't know if you get my point. Okay, I just want to make sure that Mike got the questions correctly. Mike, did you get the questions before I let him go? Well, not entirely. It was a little bit blurry on my side. Okay, was it the first one that you want to clear about, Mike? Yeah, both. Okay, anonymous. Okay, so the first second one is just a quick one about uh, how difficult is it to get a a labor court application through. And the first one, anonymous, just repeat the first question, please. Can I repeat it? Yes, please. Yeah, I said, uh, as a gentleman who are driving the trucks, yes. now they are sitting at home, the drug that they are driving, they are driving the other person, but the employer says he retrains them, of which the job that they are doing is still available. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yes. What we'll do, we'll call you back and we will come back to you as soon as we're done with the headlines. Mike, I, I've got it. If you don't have it, we'll come back to you after the headlines. It's one let Let's go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in headlines. Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. All right, we continue our conversation with our labor law expert, uh, Mike Bagram. And uh, he's taking your calls on 0891-104-207, as well as SMSs on 41391, charged at 1 Rand 50. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for staying with us again. Anonymous was asking two questions around how quickly can he get um, a court, uh, labor court um, date. And the second question was around his brother or a relative who is a truck driver has been asked to stay home. However, the truck he was driving is currently being driven by somebody else. What rights does that particular individual have? We answer the first one very quickly and easily the Labour Court. Unfortunately, the Labour Court has got an enormous backlog and I know that I'm getting dates two, two and a half years later uh, for the Labour Court And people need to know that unless the employer has agreed, if there's more than one person retrenched, unless the employer has agreed that it will be arbitration, it will then have to go to the Labor Court to get challenged, which I think is a lacuna, a breakdown of the law, because um, we are hoping that eventually someone has a look at it, in particular the Department of Employment and Labor, and puts pressure on the Department of Justice to ensure that those cases are heard in the CCMA, the bargaining councils because the labor court is a long hard trudge and it's got some very complicated rules and regulations and for an individual to maneuver him or herself through the labor court is not pleasant so yeah it's 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 a fall down of justice unfortunately so to answer anonymous the labor court is not the easiest route to travel and if you can rather get an arbitration, you'd rather go that route. The second one is an insidious problem, mm. and I'm finding that all over. Um, I know I'm dealing with a, a lady at the moment who was asked to stay home. They said they don't need her function over the lockdown, mm. and she's discovered that there's someone else doing her job. Yeah. And she's not earning anything while she's staying at home because they say all we can do is apply for TERS, the emergency funding for you, but now on spying she's found out that someone is actually doing her job and it's someone new and someone that they want as opposed to her. Mm. And that's a terrible thing 
for an employer to do because it's very difficult to prove. It's very difficult. Maybe it's a bit easier with a truck because you can see it going around and you can even ask for the odometer afterwards. Uh, but, you know, it puts, it puts an enormous pressure on the truck driver of Anonymous's brother. Mm. Um, who He's got to come and prove this. And they're going to they're gonna lie and say, no, no, that truck was locked in our, in our garage all the time. Um, but it's unfair, it's illegal, and it's wrong. And Mike, what options do they? What options do they have as a family? Because I think he's going to have to do something. How how do they then manage this particular process? Absolutely, I would run straight to the CCMA, fill in a form LRA seven point eleven, call it an unfair labour practice, and get the CCMA. Who very quick they're getting. They're still even with the enormous numbers coming through their doors. They're getting us dates within 30 days. Okay. Uh, the real problem is the proof. And maybe get some photographs of the truck out of the yard or get someone else to speak up or something like that. Because I can tell you now, my experience has been some people who do something nasty like that will no compunction, they'll lie. Mm. Okay. Say, no, no, uh, it's not true. Anonymous, the best bet <laughs> is to go to CCMA. Okay, madam. But get evidence that somebody else is actually uh, occupying your brother's position at the moment. Thank you, madam. Appreciate it. Thank you so much and all the best to you, Thank Anonymous. Tabo, you're calling us from uh, Fosloras. Good afternoon. Hi, Pamela. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for calling, Tabo. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm asking on behalf of my brother, you okay, know. Okay. He's working for this company, mm-hmm. So now what is happening is, uh, since the COVID-19 started, ne, they, were, they were staying at home and stuff, and then they called them for two weeks, and then after two weeks, they stopped him. And then uh, since he's he been stopped, so some other guys are going to work. So mm-hmm. he, he phoned his manager asking if maybe... Uh, what is happening? So now the manager said, "No, I'm sorry to inform you that you've been retrenched." You see, and then after all, uh, after that, and then what happened again was uh, they referred him to the HR, and then when he goes to the HR, he said, uh, "The HR says no, your name is not on the list of the uh, retrenched uh, people," and he wasn't given even a, a paper or something that uh, will show that he's getting uh, retrenched. And then now when he's busy following up with the issue. What is happening now? They tell him that no, we give you, we've given you enough time now. So now we are forced retrenching you now. So I'm not sure if maybe is it uh, right or what. Mike, forced retrenching you? What is that? Well, you know, th- th- what Tabo is saying is what I'm experiencing. And, and I'm hearing this daily. And in fact, it's a little bit similar to what we heard from Anonymous. Yes. Um, what what they're doing is they're first telling the guy to stay at home because we don't need your work because of a lockdown. He then discovers there's someone else doing his job, the same the same exercise. Mm. And I'm telling you this is happening all around the country. People are picking and choosing or getting rid of people that they don't feel like having there anymore and giving jobs to cousins or family or whatever it is because they've been retrenched from wherever they are. Yeah. And so people are, it's it's an insidious situation. So, Taba, yes, the answer is you've got to go and challenge that. Please do it within 30 days. Um, you're supposed to go, as soon as you find out what's happened over there, you're supposed to go to the CCMA or bargaining council. You must find out where, where your employer belongs. And if you don't can't find out, then just the default is to go straight to the CCMA. And right across the country, they're also online, so it's very easy and quick. It costs you nothing mm. to go to the CCMA. And again, you fill in the same form 
This is not an unfair labor practice that you're going to make the allegation. It's unfair dismissal. And if they have retrenched you, try and get a letter from them because also some people lie and say, no, we haven't retrenched mm. you. You're still at home on lockdown. Mm. Um, so try and get that letter to find out what actually is the situation. They might have told you orally or on a telephone that you've been retrenched. And then afterwards they say, no, 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 we haven't retrenched. So this has become a big sport in South Africa at the moment. Mm. Ignore the law and just do what you can because we can do it under the cover of darkness, under the cover of COVID-19. So, Tabo, um, your so options... A lot, of, a lot of people have got that sport. Tabo, you, you've got two options. Find out what if it's a, under bargaining council or he can go to the CCMA, but it sounds to me like he can go somewhere to get free assistance. Yes, uh, try and see if your brother oh, can do that. Yes. So if I may ask again, uh, yes. Pamela, please, man. Because uh, yes. now he's not getting paid, man. Yes. Uh, and then he's never received a new IF as well. Mm-hmm. And then the other issue regarding this issue is what uh, they are, they are pe- the people may that he trained on uh-huh. the duty. Uh-huh. Yeah? And then he trained those people, and those people are there, and they came after him, you see. Yeah. And then those people are still going to work even today. Yeah. And then when he, he, he inquired about that, they say no. Their position are no longer the same that uh, they were given to them when he started, when he was training them. So they gave them a different title now. All right. I, I think he's definitely got a case. As Mike said, try and yeah. get evidence of what it is that you've just told me. And then he's got to take up the process. And if he hasn't been paid, all of this, when it's cleared up, he will surely be back paid and so on. So start getting on to it as soon as possible, Tabu. Okay, so I must go to the CCMA. CCMA. Yeah, he must go to the CCMA. Okay. okay. Thanks, Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Atabo. They're calling us from Fosteros. I see you, Bramoro. I see you, Vuvu, as well. I'm going to take your calls in a short while, but start dialing in as well if you still want clarity on anything on 0891-104-207. And Mike will start giving us an indication of what exactly Section 189 contains and how it should be implemented if you've been told about that Section 189. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Okay, so we are dealing with a lot, Mike. I cannot tell you how many people are sending in messages. Mike Bagram is our labor law expert, and we're taking your calls on 0891-104-207 or SMSs on 41391. Let me quickly go to Bramoro first in Bloemfontein. Good afternoon, Bramoro. Good afternoon, my boss lady. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Bramoro. Go ahead. Uh, uh, thank you very much. First of all, thank you and your producer for their good show. Always you. you educating us. Thank we you. can never repay you. Oh, Only with kindness it. and prayer. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, please ask your um, your guest, mm-hmm. is it right or is it is it like uh, logic or is it sensible to join a labor union? Looking at the circumstances we are facing, whereby when uh, maybe the employees are mistreating the customers, the labor unions are nowhere to be found. And then with COVID, ongoing COVID, even if an, empl- uh, an employer gets maybe uh, a, a, a tested positive, right, mm-hmm. then automatically they, t- they tell that person to self-isolate or quarantine at home. Mm-hmm. But some, most of them don't even get the full salary, which they are supposed to. Mm-hmm. All these things are supposed to be the uh, um, various labor unions fighting for the betterment of such employee, but then they are nowhere to be found. Lastly, Lastly, um, when maybe SABC decide to um, issue a, a reentrenchment notice to some of the workers, is it the, is it the duty of the labor minister to come in to solve the situation, or is it the responsibility of the various labor unions 
who are supposed to probably come in to demonstrate and seek for uh, maybe a neutral agreement between the SABC and the members or the staff, employees. Thank you. Okay, we, we're going to have to just uh, quickly, Mike, just I think succinctly, the question is, in the absence of the labor law, uh, the labor unions, which you've just said earlier, they're nowhere to be yeah. found. And you maybe are a member. In other words, you have been paying your membership fees and they're nowhere to be found. What recourse do you have? Yeah, thank you. And I, I heard that loud and clear. And it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. And I did mention it uh, right in the beginning. Um, that's been my experience. A lot of people have been finding me from around the country and saying, my union's not there. Um, I need some help. And I don't have money to pay lawyers. And I mean, you can't say, no, I can't help you. I'm not going to. You have to help these people because they have been paying for the union all their life. Mm. All their working life, they pay union dues. And it is the union's duty. You can't blame the Labour Minister. I blame the Labour Minister for a whole lot of things, but this is not his fault. This is the fault of the unions. They somehow disappear when they really have to do vital work. I've been, for years, been advocating people become members of unions because it is a cheap and easy way to protect you. And also it's anonymous. In other words, you don't come forward as Mike Bagram complaining. You come forward as a union. So the employer can't pick on you. And and the unions now should have their chance to shine. This disaster should make a union come in and come out as the knight in shining armor. Um, and they've disappeared completely. And uh, hopefully there are unionists listening today. There are some, I can't say all, there are some that are working. I've just had a call very early this morning from a trade unionist. I was representing the employer. And they've asked for a meeting, and they've told me what they need, and they we're going through 189 with them. And this was a good, solid, organized unionist. So you can't put everyone in the same bucket and drown them. But my calls have been thick and fast saying, we can't find our shop steward, we can't find our organizer, the union office is closed down because of COVID. Just absence. It's it's really bad, and it's wrong. Um, and then the, the, the caller um, from Boom also went on and said, well, what's our rights while we've been told to isolate? And that's a whole new area of problems because employers, again, are hiding behind the fact that we've told you to isolate. We don't have to pay you while you're isolating. That's wrong. There has to be negotiation again on this particular point. And if a person's pretending that they're ill, well, that's one thing. But if they say, listen, I'm not ill, I don't have to isolate. I know I saw someone two weeks ago that had COVID-19, but I'm feeling fine. They must tender their services. And Tell me. And the employer says, no, it's their fault. The employer must pay your salary while you're done. Mike, the isolation, even though you're not ill thing, which is regulated, is that where the compensation fund comes in? Because if you were ill, they would be paying. But if you're not, but you are forced to isolate, who would be paying for that? Well, that's, the, that's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is if the employer says you must isolate, that becomes their problem. No, but because Mike, it's not the employer. Them, it's not the employer. Government says you need to isolate. Yeah, well, that's only if you're feeling sick or if you are at risk. In other words, someone said that you've now been living with your wife. Yes. She's got COVID-19. Then you have to isolate. That's different. Correct. So, many employers. Yes. Many employers are just saying, 
We've decided, no, we're not having anyone that has to catch a taxi, so you must isolate. Uh-huh, That's I not see. fair. I see what you mean. So, so, but, so let's just say that, you know, you've been exposed, but you're not sick, but you've been exposed. Who, who, who would be paying that bill? Well, then again, you would then apply to the compensation fund. Or you can apply to, also, UIF should be paying that. UIF? Again, yeah. Okay, so Under UIF pays for the running. for the ten days that you would have to isolate, not compensation fund. No, no, that wouldn't be the compensation fund. Although you can apply if it if there is something that is an illness. That's what I'm saying. So you you're not be. ill; you were just exposed. UIF would pay exposed, you on the then, basis of UIF. Then UIF has to has to you claim under. Um, number 17 of the reasons for being away. In okay. other words, you've got less work and you've got less payment. Okay. You can claim for that. All right, I understand. Vovo, you're calling from Kailicha. Hi. Hello, hello, ma'am. Hi. Uh, it, I'd like to ask, is it the right thing for my employer uh, to to remove a person and then to that person's position, I must perform my duty and then I must perform that person's duty and then, because when I ask my employer, my employer, why I must do uh, two duties? Because I'm a truck driver, and then I'm, 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 the company expected me to do to, to, to do the second job that was done by uh, my my truck uh, assistant. Because I had the, I used to have my truck assistant on my truck, but now my employer wants me to do that duty for my for that truck assistant. So uh, when I ask about the money that was paid for the assistant to be paid to me, and then he says, no, he doesn't have money. The, 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 the assistant truck was, uh, was expensive. So I'm not doing the whole job, both job, but one salary for me. Is it the right thing? I, will, I would like to ask that to, okay. to Mike. Let me quickly ask you, Uvuvu. So the truck assistant, was that yes. the person who would assist you in relieving you from driving or they had no, no, another no. truck? No. Yeah? No, he was he was working at the back of the truck, well, to tie the load, to, to cover the load, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Okay. So now he's removing that man, but not now because of a COVID nineteen. He died. They did that before oh. the COVID nineteen. Oh, when see. I ask, when I ask him why he's moving, he says no, it's expensive. He, he can't pay me, and then he pay that guy. So he has to. I have to do that job for that guy. I see. Right listen on the radio for the response. I will take. Uh, yeah, I'll come back to you, Mike, in a short while. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven or four one three nine one. One rand fifty is the charge for that, and we'll take those calls when we come back. Here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM one zero four point four FM in Durban. Thank you so much for staying with us. You are on SAFM and this is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Motene. I'm in conversation with Mike Bagram, who is a labor law expert, and we're taking your calls, trying to just assist you with all the problems that you have with regards to uh, labor issues. Mike, the, the, the caller that we had before we went to an ad break, can you assist there? Yeah, thank you. Voyo from Kailicha. Mm. Thank you for that question. Because that's not a COVID-19 related question, Mm. but it is a very real problem. And probably we're going to see a lot of it in the future because many employers, you must understand, have also taken a knock, not just their employees, and their profits have dropped and some of them are going bankrupt, others are closing down. And people are looking for ways and means of saving money. 
Um, what they should be doing is they should be going through to you and saying, this is our problem. I can't afford both a truck driver and a truck assistant. In the same time, you should be able to load your own truck, and I'm asking you to assist me in keeping this business afloat by doing both functions, if it's possible. Uh, sometimes it's not possible because sometimes you need to, for someone to, to help you carry things into the truck or off the truck, and that's a different story. But it sounds like he can actually do both functions, and it does sound like it's not a it's not a time issue. In other words, instead of doing nine hours a day, he's now doing 12 hours a day. I think you can still do it in that same time. And then I think the employer could be justified. The problem is that they're not consulting properly and they're not negotiating with him. So our truck driver from Kyalecha is feeling sore about it because it just got forced onto him. It just got pushed onto him without that proper consultation. And again, our law does say that you need to consult. If you want to change a person's terms and conditions of employment, you can't do it unilaterally. You have to do it through discussion and consultation. <laughs> What I'm really asking mm -hmm. is for him to rather sit down with the employer and try and talk and say, listen, is there a possibility of giving me another 5% increase or maybe 10% and then I'll do both jobs with pleasure? Uh, that might be the way of approaching it. Mm. Uh, but don't just get your heels stuck in the ground and say, I'm not doing it because then you also lose your job. Yeah. And I can tell you now, jobs are hard to find, very hard. Yeah. A quick one, Colin. You're calling from Cape Town. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Michael. Good afternoon. Um, you just answered that question right, Michael. They do pass extra little bit of work on to you now and again, especially if, if uh, times are hard. But what I want to talk to you about, Michael, you mentioned about um, shop stewards. Now, I was a shop steward for 18 years. I worked for Transnet in the engineering, saltable works. For 25 years, I was a shop steward. Every 14 months, every year, we used to uh, elect a new shop steward. And two months later, our union came down from Johannesburg, a top union guy, and got all the shop stewards together and we used to have what they call a seminar, four-day seminar, and brush us up about the new laws and things like that. Now, you spoke about shop stewards. I think, um, I, I wonder how the shop stewards of today trained compared to when I was on the railways, you know, I worked 45 years, I've now retired 10 years. So you can imagine the experience I've got in shop stewards and things like that. And retrenchments, voluntary retrenchments, I actually used to go around warning the guys. Look here, guys, think twice before you take voluntary uh, packages. No, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Today, I get some of uh, those very same people. You know, I should have listened to you, I should never have taken that voluntary package. So I'm just giving advice to people to think very carefully before they take voluntary packages. All right. Thanks very much, uh, Thanks, uh, Colin. Thanks, Thanks very much for that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mike, quickly just take us through the um, the Section 189 process. Yes, if I can. It's a very important section. It's divided up into two parts. It's the, the reasons for the retrenchment. In other words, you have to get a good, solid reason. And the second part is the process for the retrenchment. It's the procedure you need to follow. You, as soon as you contemplate as an employer, now it's, it's aimed at the employer, this section, and as it puts a whole lot of duties on the employer. So if you look at section 1893, it says you must issue 
a written notice inviting the other consulting party, in other words, the employee, to disclose in writing and all the relevant information. So you have to now invite and disclose information. You must give the reasons for the proposed retrenchments. You must give alternatives that you considered before making the proposals. You must outline the number of employees likely to be affected, the method, in other words, why you're choosing those employees, when you want this to take place, the severance pay you propose. So it's a very complicated process. It's all outlined very carefully in Section 189, and any employer who's listening has to, by, um, I mean, they'll, they will lose a court case if the employees challenge you. If you don't follow 189, and in particular 1893, very carefully to ensure that you outline everything that is requested of you. The other thing is the legislation specifically says, and I want to read this, mm -hmm. it says you must engage in a meaningful joint consensus-seeking process and attempt to reach consensus on, and it gives you a whole lot of things. Where you must, in other words, to simplify it, because that's what lawyers talk about, but to simplify it, you have to talk, you have to consult, mm. and you have to listen. As an employer, you are obliged to listen to what the staff have to say or the union and what they say, and you have to take it into account before you make any decisions that I'm going to retrench and who am I going to retrench, when, how much am I going to pay them. You have to take into account that consultation. And that's why I keep harping back to the trade unions and the shop stewards because they are trained to engage an employer properly and get the best for their members. Okay, so in the, in the event that, the, you know, it's an industry where unions are not really active, what is it as an employee that will convince, that you can say that will convince your employer to keep you? Well, it's quite simple. You can say, listen, I'm prepared to multitask. Like, in other words, I'll not only be the truck driver, I'll also be the assistant at the same time. Mm. Or I'm prepared to try and find ways and means of making the work more productive or simplify things, or I'll take a knock in my salary mm. and take 10% off. Mm -hmm. All those things have to be taken into account to try and save your job. Mm -hmm. So I, I, for instance, tell people that the Department of Labor, Employment and Labor, is offering a thing called a training layoff scheme, mm -hmm. where they come in and they actually help train people on positions that are still available, as opposed to the positions becoming redundant. And that's a that's a, a thing offered by government, which very seldom people use. Mm. Government is offering it. They've got to put money into it. The people that come in and train your staff, try and think of all the, there are lots of those. I know we don't have the time, but there are lots of those types of methods where you can try and save jobs instead of just saying to people, They're "I'm redundant. throwing you onto the yeah. junk heap of history." Mike, uh, I think we're going to ask you to come back. I'd love to. I'm enjoying this, especially the wonderful questions yeah. we get from around the country, yeah. from Bloemfontein, Kailitsha, wonderful questions. I just, we just cannot get through to all of them. There's so many people. We've had an hour and people are begging for assistance. So I'm going to ask you to come back. We'll arrange another meeting. Thank you so much for making the time and please do pick up our call next time. <laughs> Thank you. No, absolutely. I'd love, I'd love to. Keep well. <laughs> Thanks very much. Keep well, Mike. Mike Bagram, who is a labor law expert. I promise you we'll get him back. I can see all your questions. I'm so sorry we've run out of time, but I promise you we'll get him back. Two o'clock. Let's go to Utsila Saku for the latest in SABC News.